we've all done it. Like, look, we've all done it. You've all like, done been like, I'm okay, the Jesus left. Christ of Hold washing up. dishes. Like, that's... <laughs> Ready the Armada. Kenobi. I'm not a monster. Oh, Welcome to the podcast where we deep dive into the movie news of the week featuring reviews and analysis for the more socially conscious moviegoer. Join us as we share our honest, in-depth, and hilarious perspective on today's biggest movies, comics, and pop culture. This is Films in Black and White. Welcome to Films in Black and White, everybody. And also, welcome to summer, where it was a balmy 82 (laughs) degrees here in Vermilion. It has come. We skipped spring, y'all. We skipped it. We just said, you know what? We don't need it. Moving right along. We went straight from winter to hail. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Uh huh. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Went uh wow. went right from needing extra needing pants to sweat running down your short leg. That's Boy, I am works. not prepared. I was not. Oh, I had to buy you. the extra ball deodorant just because I was just. Okay. It was just a dramatic switch. I didn't get the. It was I a didn't very get dramatic the switch. Transition. Nope, I did not. Uh, big spoiler warning at the top of this episode. Huge. We are going to be talking Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Uh, we will include timestamps in the episode description, so we're going to chat about some other stuff before then but if you want to avoid spoilers stop right before that timestamp, and you should be able to avoid them um but then like this come back later because we'd love to talk love to hear uh, your thoughts and, and have you join us for this so but in order mm-hmm. to do this right and in order to do this well we need to make sure everybody is thoroughly welcomed and included and so i'm going to kick it on down to brian roush aka rocket roush brian how you feeling Hello. I, man, I'm feeling I'm feeling good to be here now. I've had a very Monday Monday, so I'm oh. so pumped mm, to talk was... about this movie because I I got basically I saw it Sunday, and yeah. everybody was talking. Everybody and their mother is what it felt like was talking about this movie starting yeah. like Thursday mm-hmm. night, and it was very divisive on social media. And I was like, well, I like I, I got to see what people are talking about. I got to understand what's happening here. So. This is easily going to be the high, one of the high points of my day is talking about this movie because I also feel like we need to talk about if this, where this ranks entry wise, because it it was, mm-hmm. I don't know, it I, there's a lot to talk about here, so I'm pretty pumped. Yep. Well, Brian, I'm sorry you had a Monday Monday, but I'm also right. very glad that you're here. Yeah, that's um, right. Happy to be what, here. What was it? What was it that made it such a such a mondayest of mondays oh man you know i took so i i took two days off last week and we celebrated my dad's Ah. 80th birthday happy birthday dad happy birthday uh, yeah yeah that's him and uh and so basically like a bunch of stuff happened thursday friday at work and then i came back to it at monday and it, it it wasn't quite as dramatic as like in community when everything's on fire and they're playing with somebody's arm, but it was like, yeah. Oh, some stuff happened. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to figure it all out, but yeah. Okay. This, this all happened and we'll figure it out. So it was, it was, it was helping some people who had some challenges with okay the, the virtual world. For those that don't know, my job revolves around tech and making mm-hmm. sure people know how to use it in the space. And you know, some things just don't go as planned, but that's okay. Yeah, we got to figure it out. That's true. Yeah. 
Um, so, Brian, Brian, you also had a very menu, the menu-esque experience for dinner. Yeah, I was waiting how, on this. How, how did that all go for you? I saw the picture of what they called bread and butter, <laughs> and so I am very curious. Yeah, that was just a ball. That was a ball with just a with a two slice little of butter on bread it. balls with just someone je- delicately <laughs> laid a, a paper esque sort of thing drape a drape of butter over these two. If bread I can balls. eat golden corral biscuits or rolls right. like that that would be a perfect way to eat them it really would I, you know uh, so i i was joking uh, i was joking with these guys so the the, the restaurant my mom picked cause my dad apparently loves this restaurant and, and i it, basically it only had like three it only had three appetizers three dining options three desserts and it felt very like very much like the movie the menu of just like it's a very high scale thing it's very exclusive there's only these things you need to enjoy them uh i did not die at this restaurant i'm happy oh, to good. report well, thank, thank god, god. Thank so god. A little touch uh, and go there. yeah yeah not yeah uh but uh you know it was good it was food i had not uh i i i don't have a lot of uh and they were just some very fancy ways they put the food together it was a good time. What was important was that my dad enjoyed it. That is the and most was, important thing. You know, it, it was very fancy, very gourmet. Uh, there, there were fish cheeks on the menu as well. There was, yeah, the, I think they were called yep, sweetbreads, I think. What? Um, yep, some fish. And then there was also some some beef that I had with like a rosemary pesto sauce. So there was just a lot of things happening at this restaurant. I want, I'd like a botanist. <laughs> To come on this podcast, mm-hmm. and I'd like them to point out the portion that it we, they would refer to as the fish cheek. Because <laughs> yeah, I don't, is that I don't, ass or face? I assume face. <laughs> I'm However, now I, I can't. To. I can't get the image of some cheeked up bass just swimming around a yeah, lake, just like, thick as fuck, scaled up on a Thursday. <laughs> yeah, it, well, and like. <laughs> You know this place is not in my wheelhouse when they brought the bread and butter, their interpretation of bread and butter, and it was like two bread balls, and then yeah. it was just it looked like cheese over them, but it was butter. That was and insane. the and like I just stared at it, and my mom was like, "This is bread and butter," and I was like, oh, "Okay, all right, I know, I know bread and butter. I know I can bread and butter." <laughs> like, mom, so and nice. And of course, it was like, of course, named like the rising grain of whatever with Norwegian butter from this area. And I was like, none of this means anything to me, but bread and butter, I got you. So, bread and butter is my bread and bread butter. And butter. Hey, hey, yeah. I would be more worried at the fancy restaurants that it's not enough food. Like, I'm just I'm looking at these Air portion point. sizes and yep. I'm like, so what are we eating after this? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that I was. You know, look, I was slightly concerned for for myself because I, I had never dined here before. But uh, my wife, Maggie, and I were like, I don't know, like, is this should be enough. Th- this is enough. And we got there and it, it was just fine. Was Everything okay. was fine. Good. Good, 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 good. But, you know, I, that was a concern because some of those gourmet places, they really try to, like, squeeze everything. Oh, yeah. Out of that of like, oh, no, it's gourmet. That's why yeah. there's only two strips of the fish. Like, yep. you know, like really just trying to get you. But no, it was it was it was great. We all had a fun time. Uh, and my dad had a. it was a good birthday surprise. We surprised but, him. He had no oh, idea. It's actually really fun. Me and Maggie were good. coming. Fun, my mom didn't spill the beans. Uh, good job, mom. We, 
my the last story I'll share here is when we got there, Maggie like pushed me up against the door, like the front door. She's like, she can't, he can't see you. He can't see you. He can't know it's a surprise. That's and all I'm thinking is like, oh my gosh, I know my dad though. And he's going to be like, why is this guy like literally in my door? So when my dad opened the door, he opened it like two and she's like, can I help you? And I'm like, oh, hey, it's me. Like I'm not the solicitor trying to get into your home. So I'm shout out sorry, to my I'm, wife. For I'm not that. a Jehovah Witness. Hey. I am not. I'm not trying to sell you nothing. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So uh, no, it was a full on surprise. So happy birthday, Dad! And yeah, it was. It was an awesome time. Good. You ever think about how people used to go door to door to sell vacuums and knives and that, like random, oh, all this God. random shit, and that oh. was the way they made a living. Yes. That was something that you would you would sit down with a man at a bar and be like, tell me, James, what do you do? He's like, well, I'm a door to door knife salesman. How's business? Fantastic. Like it was yeah, never. Like, but now it's like that's something that broke college students do for a summer. That's like, true. That's yeah. Gotta make that bag. I, what, I, what's, what book was that? Uh, Death of a Salesman? Death of a Salesman. It's a yeah. slang reality to that. Yeah. The Willie Loman. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but we also need to include a one Marcus J. Destin, yeah. aka James Gunn, you son of a bitch. Uh, exactly like I wrote it. That's Mar- I knew how you wrote it. Marcus, how you feel, sir? I'm feeling good, man. It's a uh, summertime officially for for me in higher ed and my fault. first well, my second year, my first year in student services is is officially wrapped with graduation happening on Saturday. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, you that was, graduation was like it's so interesting. I, the first thing I told Doug when he walked in the movie theater was like, it was so quiet Sunday. Yeah, after being so rowdy on Saturday, especially in our like smaller town. Yeah, it was like somebody just just cut the lights off. <laughs> and it was just like that's it, and uh-huh. it was just dead. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I'm having a good time. It was it was fun to have some peace and quiet. I got a lot of shit done. Like I love the students. I got a lot of shit done without having to leave my oh, office man. today. There's a certain oh, level of there's a certain bliss associated with post everybody leaving. At life. least for now. And then yeah. in, in another yep. week or so, I'll be yep. like, damn, I wish I wish the mother Oosh. would come back alive. Mm-hmm. It gets dead for a little while, yeah, and you enjoy it until about July one, and you're like, "All right, they can come back." It's yeah. fine. For those interested in my Power Rangers journey, I am on episode oh. twenty five of Zio, and there are fifty episodes okay. in the season. And what have so you learned halfway. so far? You know what? I've learned that they really were trying their best. You know, like this show was probably ahead of its time with the way that it just executed things. Well, Why do you say that? Why do you say it like that? Because it makes it sound like it's not good, but it would be good now. It, it, I feel like if you want it, I feel like we've gotten deep into the complexities of TV shows. You got to explain, you got to over science everything. You got to have science to back up whatever the fuck is going on. How does the morphing grid work? Well, here's uh, 15 science phrases to kind of explain some type of theory that half the audience won't understand, but this is how the morphing grid works. Right. Then they were just like, do you believe? Are you a teenager with attitude? Here's your color. (laughs) Go out there and kick some ass. (laughs) Have that's, fun. That's it. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I I think I appreciate the simplicity of they had all of these lessons. Now, the way they went about it was very 90s. Like there was a blind woman and it was a blind woman who knew karate and she didn't yep. want people's help. And they were just yep. trying to overly help her. And she was like, I can see. Don't treat me differently. It was a very interesting episode to, you know, to watch. Okay. But, you right. know, it was fun. I believe that. That's good. Okay. That was good. Okay. I had another update, but I forgot what the fuck it was. It was yeah. something else. It was something else. I, oh, 
Titans. Let me get into this real quick. I've been watching okay. the last season of Titans. Titans season okay. four. And I want to give them kudos on right this on. final season. It's been, a, the hat. it's been a slow burn. Sure. It's been a very slow burn because they really they went a horror route this season. Like Did they really? Like, oh, yeah. That's you can, a choice. Like, if you want to watch it without having huh. to watch everything else, you can. Like, you can hop straight wow. into this without really watching huh. the seasons. But they went the horror route this time. And it's very interesting. It's kind of huh. dragged out because they took that break, you know, halfway through this, you know, middle middle of the yeah. season. And they're coming back. And now they're kind of wrapping okay. it up now. Yeah. But they had a really good episode with um, Dick Grayson, who is Nightwing. Sending yeah. um the new Robin. God, his name is slipping my mind right now. Damien? No, not Damien. The one before. It's uh Tim. Jason? Tim Drake. Oh, Tim. Tim. There's so many Robins. It's so many Robins. There's a lot of Robins. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's it's Dick. Dick Grayson sends Tim to Gotham yeah. to go get some news from a guy named Spoiler. Spoiler. Yeah. Um, from a guy named Vetna, right? Okay. And he says, I need you to bring this information back. Turns out he sent him there to get trained by fucking Red Hood. So you get an entire oh. episode of oh. Tim Drake and Jason Todd. Okay, that's and cool. it was basically a setup to get Tim Drake trained and so he could get sent back. And I just thought that the dynamics between those oh. two, like if they wanted to write a show called yeah. uh Robin and Red Hood. They could right. do that with the actors they casted. So I just want to okay. give them props Ooh. for like this really good episode that they did. Like I like that. Yeah, that's really cool. cool. Love to hear it. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad very to hear that cool. that's going yeah. well. I've been very hesitant of that show. Uh, I've, I've kind of kept it over here. Like, yeah, no, not not yet. Yeah. Like, it'll be one of those things that I dive into eventually. But I just for some reason watch it when it's over. Watch it. Yeah, that's kind of okay. also what I think I might end up doing. So but Douglas work. Bad yes. Dog Wagner. Bad Dog. How are you feeling? I am doing quite well. Uh, we went and visited family in the Fargo area this past weekend, spent a weekend at uh, basically a hotel with a water park for about 48 hours, which was okay. just fine. Uh, it was really, really great. It was great. That's fine. That's what we did. Um, and so we had fun there. Um, not a lot to report. It was a really quick turnaround. I am yeah. getting ready for like a busy next couple of weeks. Um, oh, really? Got, home projects planned i have a trip for work planned i've got some stuff that's just irons in the fire so wow. things are kind of like happening as they need to um i haven't really outside of this haven't really watched anything particularly of okay. note i will say i did start reading like i don't know if i said this before maybe i did but like i always i've been rereading some books that i've like recently yes. put on their shelf but have come back to and so really enjoying my time with those. Okay. Um, I'm also revisiting the comic book series, uh, the, the Lives of Wolverine, which oh, is nice. a really interesting Ooh. take. That's kind of cool. Nice. Um, basically, they send Wolverine back in time to okay. defend Charles Xavier's like ancestry, like his uncle, his great, great grandparents, his great, great grandfathers. Yeah. Um, from an Omega Red that is also mm. being sent through time. And Excellent. basically, Omega Red is doing this like body jumping thing where he'll like Jeez. jump into the body of some random person. And then, you know, Wolverine has to be like, I don't want to kill you, but right. I'm going to have to kill this stranger. And then yeah. basically, Wolverine kills him and Omega Reds goes, Gotcha, bitch. And he jumps out into somebody else. Yeah. Like that's oh literally how this works. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. I've really enjoyed my time. That sounds good. Yes, yes, Roman, it is the Terminator. It's basically oh. the Terminator. Oh, okay. <laughs> Roman Myers is in the chat. And, that's, was... and that is and that is why I love it. It is because it is yeah. the Terminator. 
Uh, yeah, Wolverine Terminator. Op, sign me up. <laughs> Wolverine Terminator with Omega Red as uh, the gel metal guy. And, yes. And, you know, basically Wolverine is Arnold. So that would be... Love that. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, gentlemen, we have a full episode to get through. Yeah, we And do. we need to start things off by playing Catch That Quotable. Let's catch it. Catch That Quotable. Silky sounds of Marcus J. Uh, gentlemen. Are yeah. you ready for this week's quote? For sure. I'm ready. If I ever go looking for my heart's desire again, I won't look any further than my own backyard. Because if it isn't there, I never really lost it to begin with. Is that right? Huh? Oh, was that part of the quote? Yeah, that's that's part of the quote. Oh. All right. Yeah, I'm going to need a second reading of that. Yeah. <clears throat> If I ever go looking for my heart's desire again, I won't look any further than my own backyard. Because if it isn't there, I never really lost it to begin with. Is that right? Sounds like somebody's asking about the epiphany they were supposed to be having. Yep. Yeah. Um, so it could be a Disney movie, could be a Pixar, could kind of roll, could be an animation, because we've gotten animation a couple times, and I'm not the greatest with the animation dialogue. Yeah, it's easy to miss. This feels like Shrek. Huh. I just recently rewatched it and I don't remember that line, but and, that does and, not mean that it's not in there. Yeah, it feels like it could be like a Shrek esque animated style mm -hmm. movie. Um hmm. but I'm not sure. I don't know. I I'm kind of getting like uh oh god, what was that movie with Steve Carell and he was Noah? Kind of getting vibes of that of just like oh, the, Heaven Almighty. Yeah, Heaven like Almighty. Just, divine intervention but they're skeptical of it or something like that that's the vibe i get but maybe it's not bruce almighty can you read it one that. more time i can absolutely if i ever go looking for my heart's desire again i won't look any further than my own backyard because if it isn't there i never really lost it to begin with is that right hmm. yeah i don't know i don't know this one. i don't okay. know i'm All a right. flabbergasted i, I, I kind of gotta throw in the tie i don't even have a guess like, yeah i'm stumped fine that's fine. Uh, what what should we here? Let me I'll omit myself and I will give you all a hint to see if we can get ourselves any. Closer. This is very interesting. I, I'm really mm. stumped here because you it could go either way. I don't know um, if it's sarcastic or if it's a genuine epiphany. My hint for you all okay. is. Which. Oh, fuck. Like. Pointy hat, broomstick, witch. I mean, we got bewitched. We got do. hocus pocus. We got what's the, what's practical the, uh, magic. We got the, the whiz. Yeah, the Wizard of Oz. They, they, what's the spinoff of the Wizard of Oz? Wicked could be wicked. Wicked, wicked hasn't been a movie yet. Mm. Okay. Uh, uh, rumor on the street is it's gonna be. It is. But, yeah, Ariana Grande. It. Oh, oh we're, we're, I'm coming back to that. We got gonna have to come back. I didn't oh, okay. hear that. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um man. Okay, I, listen. I, I, the, you know I, the audio experiences. You know. Yes. So I'm gonna give you all. <laughs> Can I get one more hint? <laughs> I will get you one more hint. Your other yeah, hint is hint. Ruby. It's gotta be the Wizard of Oz. Gotta be the Wizard of Oz. It's the I, thing I'm, she says to Ani M as soon as she gets back. Or some type of 
Wizard of Oz esque movie because that's probably too spot on. So I'm gonna say Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Watch it be like Oz, it's like that Oz, weird right? movie with Mila Kunis. Oh, like, I thought you oh, meant yeah. the, one, the, the prison. The prison. I also thought you meant the prison <laughs> movie, no, and no, I was like, no, uh, "What the fuck?" No, uh, they did Marcus. Movie. It is. It is in fact the Wizard, Wizard of Oz. Oz. Oh, thank God. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it is supposed to be this. It's supposed to be this quote that's like, um, like you know, there is no true fulfillment. Like it's there's supposed to be some de- de- Roman. Don't. It was hard. This is an oh, audio oh, format. Oh, I can't. If you don't want to count it, that's fine. We had two quote. Yeah, we, we had two hints. So we if don't you have to count throw it. it out. We don't have to. We don't have to count it. Yeah, but I can't count it. I'm a fan. We can't man. sit here for 20 minutes hemming yeah. and hawing about yeah. whether or not we know <laughs> what true. this is. That's very true. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll give it to you, Roman. We don't deserve that one. We don't deserve that one. No, I just know for this audio journey, us going hmm ha hmm ha, that ain't gonna cut it. So, Jim Carrey, yeah, 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 I, yeah. that's not gonna be, help anybody. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, good. I mean, deep pull. That's a hard yeah, that quote. A like, yeah. and it has been years since I've watched The Wizard of Oz. I in fact uh, yeah. like watching the original. I only watched The Wiz. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. I like fun, The Wizard of Oz. Fun anecdote about this movie: My dad saw this originally in theaters when it was released, and he was a kid uh, when it was released, and he. Uh, so fun fact, he got so scared of this movie that he didn't realize it was in color because he he like walked out of the theater as a child when it was still in black and white during oh the tornado God. sequence. It was not until years later oh, wow. that someone was like, oh, yeah, the movie's in color. And he's like, no, it's not. It's black and white. They're like, yeah, for like five minutes. And then he saw it in color. That's... So he was uh, he, he got scared of the tornado part. Yeah, he was. Oh. oh, yeah. He said he was a kid and he got super scared of the tornado part and he ran out of the theater. I can't remember all, right. all the details. Hmm. I think his older brother was there. He was probably annoyed. Who knows? But yeah, he didn't. He did not Damn. know the movie was in color. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's I can insane. understand that. That's crazy. I mean, in that movie. different, t- different That's time. new technology, too. So like that yeah. was like watching Transformers back in 1960. Everybody here would have popped off. Well, yeah. and think about like what they didn't have. Like they didn't have the early warning system for tornadoes right. that they do today. Like it right. was like if it came, I mean, you didn't know it was coming. And that was it. <laughs> like that was yeah. that was it. So, yeah. Wow. And I got to nail down. It may not have been in a theater. I got to nail down some dates here because I just looked up the release date of it, and it was before he was born. So he must have. He must. It must have been in a different production. But or anyway, you know, they, they didn't. Or he, maybe he didn't know that like, movie was in color. Or maybe they put it in another theater, like just you know, because yeah. they were still celebrating anniversaries or <laughs> the first time. Yeah, could be. Yeah, it's um, great. Gentlemen, we have one piece of news that we wanted to dive into because yep, it kind of took place. After last week's episode and even after the bonus. So and we kind of need to get into it. So for those that maybe have not heard and we'll break this down a little bit, the Hollywood Writers Guild of America or the WGA is now officially on strike. And this is about 11, about 12,000 writers who are a member of this particular union. Um, And they have gone on strike. Uh, essentially wanting to get paid more as well as some other details. Um, but it is having an impact on some of the shows and movies and things like that, that we may like and enjoy. So gentlemen, anybody here want to kind of go through what they've heard so far that has been canceled or postponed? 
Yes, I can. Oh, I can kind of. Um, I want to give some more insight into the WGA strike. And so, <clears throat> according, they really are hoping for a fair deal. It basically mm-hmm. is what the strike is going for, right? And so they want a fair deal. There's a lot of talks, depending on where you watch, of how much these owners of companies, like David Zasloff, to be exact, gets paid. You know, to to run these companies, and then there are a lot of writers who can't even afford to pay the rent in their house or anything like that. They can't afford yeah. a daily living. So according to the WGA guidelines, once a work stoppage is underway, not only are guild members barred from writing, but anything that was already written before the strike can't be edited during production. Yeah. Um, Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So and I didn't know that either. So if a show continues production on a script that was written before the strike, there may not be any alterations to that script made by anyone while the uh, WGA is on strike. Not a word, not a comma. So, oh, wow. yeah, I think I think that's very interesting. So here's a couple shows that took a hit. Um, a lot of the late night TV talk shows, all the Jimmys, yeah. the Conans, like all that kind of stuff like that. Um, Saturday Night Live, it like immediately went dark soon yeah. as the strike started. We lost uh, and we lost uh, Kieran Culkin uh, hosting SNL and uh, oh, my gosh, the lady from White Lotus. I'm totally blanking on her name, but those episodes probably won't happen now. Yep. Yeah, probably not. Uh, um, Abbott Elementary um, is also off the air. American Oof. Horror Story off the air currently. Big Mouth has a pause in production, and they're on their last season as well. Cobra Kai is on is on pause. Wow. Evil on Paramount Plus. Hacks on HBO Max. A Night of the Seven Kingdoms is on pause. Loot on Apple TV. Night Court. Power Book Three. Raising Canaan. A lot of people don't know what that is, but that's fine. Tra- Stranger Things <laughs> on Netflix. Oh um, yeah unstable yellow jackets there are a lot of there are a lot of tv shows i think even the new daredevil and a lot of the disney properties and projects are on pause as well daredevil and i know i think i saw something that said both daredevil and then blade has both had pre-production stop as a result of the strike which for for daredevil they'll be fine they're doing a ton of episodes of this for blade that has had such a rocky start and it almost feels like man man are we doing this? Like, and so uh, hopefully yeah. it's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'll share like what I've got. So there's a New York times article that I have looked at that has said that the Alliance of motion picture and television producer producers, this is the group that bargains on behalf of the studios. Mm-hmm. They've said that they really want to reach a mutually beneficial deal for everybody as, as everybody does like, mm-hmm. you know, um, but they also said privately that there is some word saying that they are prepared to go a hundred days without what into this strike, um, which is about as long as the one back in 2007, the one that ended like the last season, yeah. of, a season of scrubs early as well as several mm-hmm. seasons, like really early that started in 2007 and ended in 2008. Um, and so it sounds like for most it sounds like there's a pretty, according to Bob Bakish, who's the chief executive for Paramount Global, he said that there's a pretty big gap between what they're asking for and what the studios are prepared to deliver at this point in time. So wait it out, like yeah. wait yeah. it out until like, you know, the studios give in because you need your writers to put out good stuff. So it is what it is. And we have a couple of our friends that have been on the show as as part of the the strike. Yep. Rashina Nash and um, um, Stephanie Williams are also a part of the WGA strike. Yes. I know Rashina Nash had just made a post and she was out there with yep. the sign and with the picket. So yep. you know, yeah. 
Got to pay your people. Got to pay your talent. I I think what's really important here is that I I don't think that any of the requests that WGA is making is entirely like they're all reasonable things. And I think that when the last strike happened, streaming was not it was not what it was today. And I feel like there is I mean, you still get residuals for streaming, but there's a reason that some shows just get canceled right away or mm-hmm. some get renewed right away or some, however that all breaks down is because of how much money is going to be paid out for these residuals. And it, I, I've i always been uncomfortable with it because it's very clearly like, Oh, we just don't want to pay these people because mm-hmm. it didn't hit the magic number. Yeah. And so I really hope, I really hope within this strike that the writers get, what they need to to have like sustainable growth in their career and also just be compensated fairly because it's just not fair to me. I don't think it's incredibly fair if, Oh, we're going to have to pay you more unless we like have this as a tax write off. Or if we say it didn't like hit the magic number Um, that just doesn't, it just does not, uh, it does not vibe with me is the very technical term I'm going to use. People should be paid what they're worth on a living wage. And if that means that the big corporation doesn't make the line go up as fast, I think that's okay. Cause at the end of the day, they're not going to have anything unless they pay their writers what they're worth. And, and I think the other thing important to note is like to Brian, like what you said, like streaming wasn't a thing like back in the day. Like if you were the writer of a TV show or you were the ri- or, or, or writer on a movie, the best way you got paid was when that movie was pushed to DVD and you yep. got paid residually that way. Yep. When you were a writer on a TV show, it got syndicated. So you got residuals for every yep. single show that it was paid on. They don't do it that way anymore. Mm-hmm. Like a, a show can go to Netflix like Seinfeld, for yep. example, and it gets it goes gangbusters. Well, Netflix, the way in which it's structured, doesn't pay residuals for those types right. of monies. It buys exactly. that content in a bundle and says, we want everything. Here's the money for everything. Right. Maybe some of it makes it to them, but not as much as it could previously. Um, and so it also seems like there are, and also to your point of like, Let's let's pick on Netflix just for a moment. Like, <laughs> I mean, Netflix is in the business of like running a season of a show going and eh, didn't do that. Well, we'll cancel yep. it after a season. Yeah. So writers are saying, like, you got to change how you do that. And that is for Netflix, a sticking point. Like, we're not going to bargain if you're going to tell us we can't do it that way anymore. Um, so it's right. going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see how this kind of goes forward. Currently. There is a stall in negotiations. Both sides are doing the Spider-Man meme saying that one needs to come back to the table. 100%. And so we'll be stalled out here for a while until they start to feel it. And I'm kind of curious as to who will start to feel it first. I have a a question before. I don't want to stick on this too long because we got a movie. Yeah. Here's here's my question, I guess, and my um, how I'm going to frame it. Does this end the same way? that it did in the past strike wise because there's so much access to old things to watch. Will anybody notice if the new stuff doesn't come on your fandoms will. Okay. Marvel Disney's Disney's arm. They, I mean, they have plans. Like not and not to give you like a man with plans. Like I don't mean to give you like the Joker quote here of like 
the the studios have plans yeah like the executives have plans and at the center of it is someone who can write this content in a stream of consciousness that makes sense you can't hire as films. much as as much as i would love to be a scab to write the next <laughs> instance of marvel shit you, you'd love to you'd love to write marvel you wouldn't yeah, want yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. as much as i would love to write marvel shit i don't one don't want to be a scab and two like uh, do you really want like 36 year old doug right. wagner being all right stick with me now lean hard into moon knight all of it just, just the next three seasons let's duh, do that right duh. now duh. Um, let's do that right like that's now. that's Cross not who you want you want you want you need you have specialization you have a group of writers who knew it really really well and yeah. who could write it in a way in which made sense with everything you and everybody developed a universe too that kind of shot themselves in that's the too. universe well, the universe building i feel like gonna come back to bite people a lot yeah I, I, here's the thing. Like, I don't think people are going to notice it as much in the summer. Like I, I think May, June, July are going to go by and I don't think people are going to like really, really think about it. I, I think what's going to happen though, is when August rolls around and mm -hmm. if they resolve it in time, then they can be like, okay, we'll see you in January. Mm -hmm. But if they don't, it's just going to be like, anyway, you, you want to watch Abbott again? <laughs> like, <laughs> People yeah. are gonna pick up on that for the yeah. for the folks that are watching like the weekly um primetime stuff, like mm -hmm. and those viewers are gonna be affected. And eventually I think the trickle will hit folks like us that mainly watch stuff through streamers. Um yeah. like it, and I think movies, movies is gonna be like the one. However, yeah. we're not gonna feel that until next year, I feel yeah. like at, at the earliest. So yeah. I think it is gonna be a slower ripple effect than the one that happened in 2007 i re i i do mean that and i i really uh i really look forward to the bumpers we're gonna get that are gonna be like we have three new episodes of this show left make sure to tune into our channel because like things got really weird i don't yeah. know I, like i don't i know our audience skews younger and you might remember it but i remember being like oh there's like three new episodes of 30 rock on nbc for the next three weeks awesome because like Nobody yeah. else had That's new true. episodes of anything. So like That's you true. got to advertise you had new stuff, which was weird. Like you should, yeah. shouldn't be something you have. You just, just pay people. Yeah. Something feels something feels off to me. I just something feels off by the way that the big dogs are not moving as quickly. Well, um, I also think I, understand, I like I understand the like the the you know, you don't just go on the first bargain, you know what I mean? Right. You don't want to show them you're desperate. I do get that. But I do feel as if they have found a way to find another way. David Zasloff, yeah. if he's depending on these ambient streams, these HGTV TV shows yep. and shit like that don't require yep. I don't know if they have writers. You know what I mean? Like I don't well, know what those kind of shows look like. Exactly. But with the, you're I mean, right, you're right to, they still have to write the structure of the show. Like that can't that's okay. not okay. A, a, a showrunner for this. Like, yeah, there's like not like on a scripted show, it's not nearly as much writing because they don't have to write 16 episodes. But House Hunter still needs to say, okay, what questions are you get are gonna okay. ask? okay, how are you going to structure it? Like, there's still someone who needs to put this all together that is more likely a part of this this union that may not come to the table. So that's, I am that's curious. 
I am curious though, to Marcus's point, if you just don't yeah. get a union person, I don't know how that, I think that would be, I, I would be happy to research that as like, it was some producer just like, fine, I'll just write out something on the right. back of a napkin and you shoot That's it what I'm thinking. The person you know, that doesn't give a fuck about the union, that don't give a fuck right. about the strike, or the yeah. next person looking for their next big opportunity and a foot in is like, fuck it, I'll take what I can get. I will right. finish writing whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't, I just don't know. So that's just, yeah. but that's interesting. The yeah. last thing, the last thing I want to say, I think the other thing that kind of makes me wonder is I, I know it's like something feels off. I also don't wonder if COVID prepared studios to be able to like handle this type of situation <laughs> where they were like, Oh, there's a halt in yeah. our ability to do stuff for a prolonged period of time. That's yeah. fine. We know been what there, we're going to been there, done that, whether it's, whether <laughs> it's COVID or yeah. whether it's a strike, yeah, we that's feel fair. prepared to mm -hmm. handle this. Yeah. That's so a good assessment or I scares the shit out of them. Cause they saw also what possible. Last I mean, it's that's also possible. Ooh, fuck. Like, yeah. God, possible. Oh, gosh, I, there's so many, the last anecdote I'm going to say, I don't know if anybody watched Friday night lights. I did. I did not. I did. You remember that? You ever watched Friday night lights? I have not. Jesus. So Jesse Plemons, I don't know if you remember, he was on that show. Yeah, he yeah, killed he a guy. He did kill a guy. He, he during killed the, a guy he during Friday Night Lights, a show about high school football, because stuff got so weird and he bad. He did. Like, this is like, I don't know, maybe I'll make it to the college team. But then instead, it's like, I'm Jesse Plemons, and this is a dead guy. And you're like, am I, what show am I watching? <laughs> it was a show so, about football. What the fuck? I just, yeah. I point to that because it, like, no, and nobody ever talked about it again on the show. Mm -hmm. it, it was clearly yeah. just like, I don't know, he kills a guy. And uh, I, I don't know, I do... The, the, the thing I do want to say is like, I do feel like there is so, like stuff went into high gear during yeah. like 2020 to 2023 mm -hmm. that like, there's a lot of stuff out there. However, I feel like that that is going to get old fast for people that are just on streamers. Yep. And it's, I feel like we'll hit a wall in August. That's my prediction. I feel like in August, people right. are going to hit their wall. I think so too. Yep. I would agree with that. They'll play out. They'll wait for the summer. When they can rely yep. on blockbuster season to keep people in movie theaters. And yep. then in August, when people start to look to go back inside and rely on some of this content, that's when they're hundred percent. We got to fix it. So that's kind of where it'll be. <laughs> uh, we have a whole ass podcast to get to that talks about guardians of the galaxy. But Marcus, you posed a question to Brian and I in the chat that I wanted I to get, some, I wanted to give some space for. Yeah. Uh, so Marcus, without giving anything away about guardians, what is your question, sir? Damn, really? That's going to be hard. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, I, we, maybe we need I've... to do the review first. I think we should let, let me come in midway in the review. Okay. Yeah. All let right. me come in midway in the review. Right. Okay. That just makes good call. Sense. Cause I was thinking about it and I was like, I know what yeah. you were going to, I know what the two of you are going to, what all three of us are going to say. So we might as well just put a spoiler <laughs> warning yeah. out here. Yeah. You think you know me? I feel pretty good. About <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say abomination. The number one, the number one, <laughs> is crossbones and we all know it uh <laughs> you leave frank grillo alone uh spoiler warning we are going to talk about guardians of the galaxy volume three uh and we're going to get into it uh so please if you have not seen it put a put a pause right here come back after you've seen the movie um and to hear our discussion about everything but gentlemen mm. marcus Damn. or brian or whomever 
who would like to do this week's barber shop summary for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? I mean, Ryan, you want it? Ryan's response was amazing. All right. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Let's go. Give it to us. Okay. I'm very excited. Okay. There's a lot happening here. Mm -hmm. All right. What had happened was essentially this movie opens at nowhere, which is now the guardians home base. We got rocket. Everybody's minding their business. Adam Warlock, not minding his own business, just slams (laughs) into rocket, knocks him out cold. This movie 90% of it takes place with Rocket Raccoon knocked out. But don't worry, we're getting flashbacks. Terrible, terrible things (laughs) and extra terrible things if you do not do well with animal cruelty, is what I will say. Yep. And uh, we see Rocket's journey of how he became who he is. We'll probably get into some of the details. I'm going to spare it, though, at this point. Anyway, you see how he became who he is. The Guardians, their chosen family, they're like, we got to help Rocket. They go to a place that made my stomach unsettled, a <laughs> a flesh planet. I don't know flesh how else world. to describe it. Uh, it a and then, flashlight. Ugh, ugh. Oh. Uh, Nathan Fillion makes a cameo there. Then they go find the the High Evolutionary, who is the the main villain of this of this story. And they try to, uh, essentially, they need to get the MacGuffin, which is a self-destruct code, to disable that so they can help Rocket. And from there, once they reach the High Evolutionary, from there, it is an action-packed ride. Figuring out where Rocket fits into all this and where all the Guardians fit into everything. And yep. that's where I'm, that's that's my 100-foot view of this movie. Well, that's, that's really good. That's really that's good. A great hundred foot, that's a great hundred foot perspective, Brian. Great job. I oh. wouldn't change a thing about it. Yeah, no. Y'all, y'all are very perfect. nice. Um, gentlemen, let's run down cast, shall mm, we? Let's do it. Uh, there are some frequent flyers to James Gunn's movies that are in this, so we'll <laughs> yes. kind of get through them. So uh, Peter Quill is played by Chris Pratt. Uh, Chug Woody Iwuj, Iwuji? Is play plays oh. the high evolutionary. Um, Bradley Cooper does the voice of Rocket Raccoon. Palm Klemtif does Mantis. Dave Bautista, Drax, Karen Gillian, uh, Nebula, Vin Diesel, Groot. Uh, some other folks that are in this. Sean Gunn it comes back as Craglin. Will Poulter Shit. plays Adam Warlock. Um, and there are some other. Uh, and Maria Baklova plays uh, Cosmo, uh, the dog, uh, does the voice on that end. Um, there are also some other folks that we have seen in some of James Gunn's movies, such as his wife. Uh, what is her name? Wait, was she in this? Oh, Brian, she absolutely was in this. Who was uh, she? He played the woman who made the announcements. Um, oh. Yep, she made the woman. Nathan Fillion is in this. Um, I'm not gonna find her name. I want, anyway, I, want, I wanted to go back. Chikudi, yes. Chikudi Uwuji. I wanted to make sure Chikudi we got his a Nigerian Uwuji. actor. He's a, a Nigerian actor. Oh Thank you gosh. for He's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, Fantastic. Judy Greer is in this. Uh, what? <laughs> Judy Greer what? does the voice of the of the character War Pig, who is the big like pig person <laughs> oh, out front. Okay. Um, okay. like I said, there are 
all sorts of folks that are in this particular movie. I'm I'm, uh, I'm laughing because she's in a kids show called Storybots. So that's she is in a kids show called Storybots. That's really it's funny. incredible. Yep. Um, Linda Cardellini plays yes. Lila's voice. She plays two wives in the uh, MCU. Yeah. Yep. I mean, two partners, I guess. I don't really know what Rocket and Lila's relationship status was. I can get into that because I did okay. some research that, on him as a character. That was Linda Cardellini? You can tell Linda by that Cardellini. voice, sexy-ass Velma voice. That, well, she is great. Yep. Everything, everything she Linda touches. Cardellini plays Lila. Asim Chaudhry plays Teefs. And hmm. Michaela Hoover plays Floor. Um, and because she's on the floor. Because she's on the floor. But And Linda Cardellini in now... In this, Jeez. in the MCU, technically twice, yeah. uh, much like uh, others. So that's the cast. Let's give you box office Man. real fast. So the box office for this movie for domestic was one hundred and eighteen point four million dollars in its opening weekend. Um, it made a global take of two hundred and eighty nine point three million dollars. Uh, for anybody's curious, that is the total number of dollars that Shazam made total. So Shazam no. made the same amount of this? money because I feel like I have to because he kept talking when he could have just sat out and shut the fuck up for a minute. Zachary yeah, Levi is going to find our podcast and compare us If you had say? to pick like, between uh, Zachary Levi or Chris Pratt, who would you pick? Because Chris Pratt 3,000 times. I would sing my song, I'm Sorry Chris Pratt, to his face while dressed as Andre 3000. I oh, would dude. sing That's how I would do it. No. Uh, uh, Brian, I, Brian aggressively disagrees. That's look, fine. man, I don't know. The, the Chris Pratt just compared himself to Jesus in an interview not too long ago. I mean, Zachary Levi, for everything he is, at least he, I, I don't know, maybe I could be Green Lantern. That's the bellwether? Like, you can sit know. there and be like, I don't know about science. Hey, go, hey, I don't know about vaccines, but go see my movie. It's in theaters now. But you know. compare yourself to Jesus once. We've all done it. Like, look, we've all done it. You've all like, done been like, I'm okay, the Jesus left. Christ of Hold washing up. dishes. Like, that's... <laughs> going left. I, I don't need know a spit card for my mic. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Doug hopped on this defend Chris Pratt wave, and, like, that was... <laughs> Very look, aggressive. Didn't see I, that. I look, Zach, look, stuff's look, all, all I'm gonna say is Zachary <laughs> Levi is taunting the rock. He that's is. got that's gonna be entertaining. Yeah. Either way. That's like, fair. I being in his orbit. If anything, um, he's got balls because that's, not, that's, that's, that's a physical fight that you don't want and a stardom fight that you don't want, but <laughs> he's taking true. it on. Look, he's gonna I, show up with his bag of weights. <laughs> I don't have but anything yes. against Chris Pratt, by the way. I just some of the stuff he says is just very. There's, yes. I, it's very but as, it makes me cringe. I'm sorry, but Doug, I, please but, tell us about these financials. So sorry. Yes. So uh, it made two hundred eighty nine point three million dollars over the course of the entire like globe. Uh, yep. It's trending a little bit lower than they initially anticipated, but still doing well, and I they're mean, happy with its. You know, I think overall. they didn't take into account. Was that college graduations? I, I thought about that the other day of like, yeah, how do they not take into account a lot of colleges graduate around the same time? So it but, means a lot of families wouldn't be, they wouldn't have time to go to a movie until Sunday. Yeah. 
Maybe. Maybe. But they've they've done a lot of releases at the beginning of May. But I mean, it does go to your point, though, that I mean, a lot of this is probably a very well, what people thought was a very safe family movie. We can probably get into that later. But yeah, yeah, I I do. I do agree. I'm I'm wondering if that's into their calculations at all. Yeah. Guardians three. So they like to do these like Saturday to Sunday box office drops. And currently, the only other movies that saw the same hold for between Saturday and Sunday in the Marvel orbit were Endgame and Infinity War, with either the same or slightly better. And then compared to recent movies, Guardians 3 saw less of a Saturday to Sunday drop than the Super Mario Brothers movie. Hmm. That's that's actually, like, wild to me. That's a very very strong showing. Yeah. You know what's wild to me? That that fucking Super Mario Brothers movie is still over in the conversation. And oh over man, billion dollars! I mean, we better like something about Chris Pratt because that dude's gonna be Mario for like all yeah. while. Name yeah. the last movie Zachary Levi got a hundred, oh, like across the billion dollar money mark for. You I can't because he hasn't. Chris Pratt having an amazing thirty days. Here, great, by the way, he's having a great two months. Man. I would compare myself to Jesus too with that level of two months that I had. <laughs> Gentlemen, thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Okay, let's start here. The okay. last time that we had an MCU project was what, gentlemen? Ant Man Wasmania. Which was how long ago? February. 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 Coming to you, coming to digital, we think. May sixteenth, seventeenth. Well, who knows? Who knows? They haven't promoted shit about it. So <laughs> they did so. a release date. I can't tell you what it is though. Yeah, they yeah. they were very quiet about that release date, and so uh-huh. it was Creed three all of a sudden. Um, and so, jeez, <laughs> oh, I think that there's a lot to be said. You know, Disney going this route of quality over quantity. And as part of that big showing that's coming yeah. out, I think it's a lot of people that have had that Marvel itch that they just have not had in a while, yeah. and something that's yeah. you know. Get, Guardians of the Galaxy has always stood separate from the bigger picture. They're yeah. always tied in in a small way. Um, to me, this is my like my personal belief is like when it came to the individual Guardian movies, they did tie into they had some type of attachment to the bigger picture, but it wasn't directly. Like it still stood on its own. Like you could yeah. watch those movies without having to watch anything else, right? Yeah. So I yeah. think that that played a part into the big turnout that came. So I I it was a yes. breath of fresh air is what I'm trying to say connected mm-hmm. but also not yes yeah it could stand on its own yeah brian yeah I, I honestly i wasn't expecting a lot I'll, I'll be totally real i i this was this kind of felt like a senior year moment for james gunn mm-hmm. of like I, whatever i i can i can kind of do whatever i want and no one's gonna mm-hmm. care because i'm i'm gonna go work for the competitor now and man james gunn took this as like a challenge and he he may i don't know this felt like i guess the best way for me to describe it it just it felt like grown up mcu it it actually yeah. felt like a mature a more mature take on the mcu and for the better like you were confronting some real hard crap here you were you were looking some stuff in the face both emotionally and physically and and just being like Okay, I I'm this is different than what I'm used to, but it's also good. I mean, visually, what I'm talking about is like the hell spawn. Those things look just creepy as hell. Yeah. The, the the planet that was made of skin, 
which I'm still unsettled by. I don't, <laughs> if I rewatch this, I, I at least know that part is coming. Cause it like, there was just the set design on that was incredible. Yeah, and I couldn't set, take it sound. all in though. The because sound, I, sound of them the sound. running oh. on that planet was oh, every, and every happen. interaction with, with the, with the planet was like very specific. You know what I mean? Very Every like, button they touched, it was yeah. like a squish and it yeah. made me get the heebie jeebies. I just, man. And if a movie very can wet. make me feel like that, yeah, bravo. I yeah. mean, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know this. I kind of feel like, in some ways I was surprised. And in another way, I was like, this is kind of the movie. Some of the older MCU fans have been waiting for Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's true. I think, I think what's particularly impressive about this particular, about this movie is the biggest complaint that MCU and superhero movies have gotten over the course of the last 15 years. Right. Is that it, Origin story, villain story, sequel. Origin story, villain story, sequel. Yeah. And this took a beloved character like Rocket Raccoon, and they took him and they said, hey, let's give him his origin story in the last fucking movie of oh, what is a trilogy. Man. And so James Gunn basically said, like, yeah, I felt like telling this one now because it will change how you go back and watch the first. It did, though. Experience them. I like, mean, yeah. I saw clip from guardians two of that argument between yondu and rocket mm -hmm. when he's saying i want to yep. i want to save quill to prove him wrong and you hear yondu call out all this shit and you're like nah he was right we didn't know he was right at the time but he's absolutely right as to all of how he got hurt and like it just it yeah. adds another layer that you can experience stuff a little bit differently with a little different context and so i appreciate they took that trope and he just said like fuck it like and he threw it out and kind of moved on so i I thought this was just well done start to finish. I also think, and Marcus, I'm going to borrow this point because you made it and it is outstanding. This is what Thor Love and Thunder should have been. Yeah. Oh, wow. Thor yeah. Love and Thunder had an opportunity to balance this sense of humor with a raw superhero, like kind of a yeah. little bit at times, unhinged level of violence and darkness that it had. And it just leaned too hard. Wrong director. I love Taika Waititi. Not saying anything about him. I really love his stuff. I think he's hilarious. But just the wrong person for the job. And it got too comedy. And it didn't miss out. Could you imagine if you had let Christian Bale play Gore the God Butcher and gave him some of the screen time that the high evolutionary got? Mm -hmm. That would have been yeah. fucking mm -hmm. dark. Like, and so... Yeah. It he was able to pull it off. He had such a good balance. I thought the good dog, bad dog stuff with Cosmo would annoy me. <laughs> Did not at all. Oh, that's interesting. I thought, was, I thought it was funny, a funny through line. So it that was funny. It it I think this is absolutely and again, I, not my point. Marcus made it as the we were waiting for the first post credit scene. Uh that man was just incredible. <sighs> That's that's such a great point about the tone, because I, I yeah. mean, there's a lot of dark stuff in Love and Thunder that mm -hmm. it's just kind of like, <laughs> here we are. Yeah. Music, Even when know? they hit the, the planet with the goats like that through line, if like I had to compare goat oh, through line yeah. versus the good dog, bad dog through line, the execution of the good dog, bad dog was just yes. worth it in the end, like something yeah. that small. 
it lets you know that James Gunn really was, he's not just adding a bunch of random pieces. Uh-uh. Like he's very strategic about what the fuck he, even from the beginning credit of them hanging up the guardians of the galaxy sign and oh, yeah. that sign being the, the title card for yes. the beginning of the thing. You know what I mean? And seeing Quill struggle throughout. Here's what I was, let me go. Let me, yes. let, me let me take a step back. Um, James Gunn is really showing his ass. Right. <laughs> and okay. it's, it's very interesting to me. Let, hold on. Let me take these glasses off. It's very, it's very interesting to me um, how excited I am about James Gunn coming to the DC universe. Yes. Yes. Because Marvel has this formula. They have mm-hmm. these things. He did things in this that he knew would shake up the pot by dropping the F-bomb, very first F-bomb in a Marvel movie. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And such a well-timed one, too. Right? Perfect. And, and then you have, you have like, will they, won't they die? Throughout the entire movie. Oh my oh, gosh. The entire time. The and whole he time. Knew it because he was setting up these scenes. Like there were scenes with Drax where Drax got fr- shot in the front and the back. Every time Mantis got dropped on her neck for oh some reason, gosh. I was like, why does he keep doing that? But to me, it was like he was setting up these moments for you to be like, maybe it's not Rocket. Because he he went right. into this knowing everybody would be like, Rocket's going to die. I, I said that 100%. I, yeah, I remember my prediction. I, I, remember, I said the same thing. I said Drax too. And yeah. so like even with the scene for Chris Pratt, I was like, man, what if Rocket died in the beginning of this movie? Yeah. And it's a, it, this thing turns into a revenge movie of them trying to get back at the dude that killed him. Like that yeah. would have been crazy to me. But what I really wanted to say was I'm excited for what James Gunn is going to do for the yeah. fucking DC universe. This guy's yes. got a fucking vision. He does. He's got a vision and he's got a feel. And this creative stuff that he does is so easy. It, it comes to him so easily. I mean, there was yes. an interview he did where he said that they made up the stuff for the Infinity Stones in like an hour and a half. Yeah. Pitched it. Marvel loved it and said, go with it. Based the whole you base the next 10 yeah. fucking years. Like you base the next yeah. seven years and an entire Infinity Gauntlet-esque storyline yeah. off of 90 minutes worth of work. Yeah. Like he yeah. has a gift. Like I don't it's he's just got it down, man. Like he mm-hmm. has this creativity and this vision that nobody else is able to really grasp and really do without it feeling forced. It just sort of comes naturally to him. Mm-hmm. And that's a rare talent for sure. And I think one of the things that makes and this is Guardians of the Galaxy 3, but it's Guardians as a whole. And I don't know how he does it. But I think one of the reasons Guardians resonates with so many people is that he's able to bring all of these super authentic, genuine, relatable characteristics Mm -hmm. to these screw ups who are just just so happen to be heroes. Mm -hmm. And like with Star Lord, Star Lord is this jerk and we're all kind of rooting for him because he's like a lovable jerk. But like. It, it's there's nothing overt about him that's like, well, what do you like about Star Lord? Oh, it's kind of funny, you know. Like mm-hmm. there's there's that element to it, but the way that he's able to write a character that you're like, yeah, like I, I feel like this person's a part of my family, or like I feel like I, you know, I understand where they're coming from, even though they're making a bad decision. Or I forgot he was Chris Pratt for like, or like, for like fifty minutes. That that's a talent. That's what movies are about. Is is taking you to this other place and. 
I think the thing that also blows me away is that for this movie, which was tonally darker and more somber, he found a way to make humor work mm-hmm. and almost in like a nihilistic sort of way, but also yeah. have it be for a PG-13 audience, which mm-hmm. is like, that is a tangled web to weave. Yeah. I don't that's know. A, I, that's yeah. hard. He, and again, Chris Pratt's character and Chris Pratt in general is supposed to be like like a high school quarterback. Like yep. you like him, you hate him because of how fucking arrogant he is. Yes. But then he does this thing where you watched him destroy himself for the <laughs> first 15 minutes of this movie, yes. like drinking and yelling at his friends. Right. And then he's whiny for the rest of it. He takes someone who's supposed to be a leader and who's supposed to be in charge and strips yeah. him down and puts him at his most gives weak him layers and gives yeah. him layers and depth that you Again, I was impressed he was able to do so. Yeah. Okay. Here's here's my next point. Okay. I, I want I have two. I want to give a shout out to Bradley Cooper because I feel like it's easy Holy to forget buckets. that Bradley Cooper yes. yeah. is doing these voiceovers. He was just in Dungeons and Dragons. He did, you know. Um, That's right. That's I wonder right. what he never got enough credit for was Limitless for me. Like I really enjoyed Limitless. I liked him yeah. that. But Bradley Cooper, anything that he's been in. He's been a fucking sleeper, man. Like, yeah. And him being yeah. the voice of Rocket, I think it's easy to forget that that's Bradley Cooper if you don't pay yeah. attention yes. to that kind of stuff. But I really yes. want to give him credit for giving depth to Rocket as a character through voice acting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's hard to do to make me feel compelled about a raccoon. Not just by the way that it looks like a raccoon can look cute with the eyes and, you know, they they yeah. torture this animal and they, you know, they do all the animal testing on them. Right. But then you hear the voices and these baby voices of Rocky Raccoon and then you hear the 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 emotional side of Rocky Raccoon. It, it's just very I want to give Bradley Cooper just a lot of credit for being able to bring that he, character to life. No, he needs his flowers because the fact that he's able to elicit for me such a deep emotional reaction when they show the flashback of him and he has the surgery and they Mm -hmm. put him in the cage and like the first words of rocket's life are hurts and that just like shatters something that that just shatters something in me of this this isn't real but seeing this tiny scared raccoon be like it hurts and that's the first thing he says is Mm -hmm. is and he delivers it perfectly i just Mm -hmm. i Bradley Cooper, M- MVP of this movie, possibly in contention. I mean, his I don't voice wanna, work is phenomenal. And I don't want to shatter your image, but <laughs> it was technically Sean Gunn that did the voice of Young Rocket. Oh, was it really even more impressive? It was that even does make it more impressive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that he was able to capture the same thing that Bradley Cooper delivers as an adult Rocket. Yeah, but you took that. And it convinced everybody that that was Young Rocket. It consistency, yeah, no, consistency that they just manipulated the voice. A little background on this origin story for Rocket is fixed, accurate according to source material. So, um, Rocket debuted in May. Well, he got his first comic book in May of 1985. Um, It was actually initially done uh, as a way in which to sell like toys um actually like so, so some way to do that um and so he did though lila is a is his love interest in the comic book storyline where he gets off of his um 
you know, he gets off the island. He, they all sort of like start on the same planet, this counter earth, the high yeah. evolutionary tries to create them. They get off and he was reunited with them um, as he was the captain of the rack and ruin um, with <laughs> other animals that were test products. And then from there joins the guardians of the galaxy after that. Um, and so, factually accurate and they are supposed to be tied together as a love interest more than just a like friendship base which i think they okay. wove that will they again not to give it but the like what is this type of deal there yeah that right. was interesting i mean at yeah. the end you kind of got when they run into each other in the yep. big, big white sky you kind of get what looked like animal yep. kisses yep yeah they were nuzzling i yeah. it was intimate i yeah that, yeah. whole, that whole sequence. It was a friendly, feel... loving embrace. Y yeah. I, I yeah. mean, oh, man. Yeah. I, and that that whole sequence, too, when he's in the, the white sky. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I think that was a good way to put it. Is like, I don't think they're going to kill Rocket, but it sure feels like he's not. It sure feels back. like they're killing Rocket. Like, like it sure feels that way. I, I um, mean, but that whole thing was also done beautifully. And it was a flipping otter. Like, like I just, James Gunn, work. you're making me care about these 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 animal creatures that aren't that, real. Well, okay, so here's the thing. There was a report that said that James Gunn, the movie, has sparked, has spiked an interest in animal cruelty and, like, animal rights after yeah, watching this I, movie. I get it. That it was from Peter. Like Peter was like, "This movie did a great job." And you know, Peter be on movies' asses if they don't take care all of the time. animals yeah. on set. Yes. And all that. So like they were saying that James Gunn did a great job of humanizing these animals and letting it know and like allowing people to see that in that type of light, which I you know I think is pretty cool. Yeah, I I I want to talk. I, I think the High Evolutionary. We need to talk about this for a moment. We yeah. should. His. Good. Y'all, his performance was outstanding. And, and the yes. moment that I knew that he took it there, it was really subtle. But he in this conversation that he has with Rocket, when he's talking about when he has him like performing those tests and writing on the chalkboard, right? He's seated there and they're looking at the world. High evolutionary grabs his head. He does. Oh, yeah. And hard. Yeah. Like I yeah. could break this right here because I'm in charge. Yep. That to me is when I went, this man is truly unhinged. Mm -hmm. Like this is, yes. this is a villain that is on another level. And then you saw that level of depravity when he comes to him drunken in the middle of the night, like, and pulls him out yeah. to be like, how the hell did you know that? His, right. All of it. Like he was just, it was just so well executed and so well played yeah. that I was, y'all, I, I'd be hard pressed when you stand up the most recent villain that we got. I'm going to stand aside the actor's issues, but put, put Jonathan majors as Kang and sure. The high evolutionary up in one another. To be honest, I want more high evolutionary. Like I want more. <sighs> where else has he uh... been? In, you know what I mean? Like I just think on, on what we saw, how the villain was portrayed, how menacing and scared I would have been if I were in that situation. I was far more intimidated by the high evolutionary's level of depravity than what we saw in, in Ant-Man and the Wasp. I want to, I want to disagree a little bit. I want to push back on I, I, high evolutionary is a great villain one, because he is a true villain. 
You don't give him a backstory. You right. don't make me feel for him. He's nope. just a motherfucker who is just has a yep. ego yep. and he just knows he can do these things and does yep. these things. I don't need a I don't for for me to have a compelling everybody don't have to be Thanos and Loki where they got right. a point that I can relate to in order to be like, well, you know, that is a pretty good, you know, like sometimes you just yeah. need a bad villain. But what I will say about your King and high evolutionary comparison, I I, I want to take into consideration, and my assumption is, Kang is meant to be a slow build and a slow burn. You're supposed yeah, to you're supposed to get more of these different pieces Fair. over the span of several movies, so you don't have to go all out. Unlike High Evolution, with the High Evolutionary, he gets one movie. This is your one chance. Ain't no coming back for you. And he could. We didn't and see he, well, he could. Right. We didn't see a body. Exactly. You know? Right. Yeah. So I think that that's the different. Now, what I will say is. These are definitely two different types of villains because Kane the Conqueror is physically a domineering villain. Yeah. High evolutionary. He, I mean, he gave, he showed acting chops because you are acting to a CGI pet. Like, I don't want to forget that. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think the reason here's, so I think high evolutionary works in this film because the stakes So, right, a lot of, go with me on this journey, a lot of MCU movies kind of fall into this trope of, like, the stakes, well, the world will end, or, like, the Mm -hmm. the universe will collapse, which is fine. I love those. I eat them up. I eat them for breakfast. It's great. But where Guardians, where Guardians comes in is it doesn't do that. And so you don't have a lot of time to be like, here's High Evolutionary as a child, and this Mm -hmm. is where he tripped and decided, you know, like, (laughs) you you just get, like, this is bad dude. And you're like, that's a bad dude. And then he, and then James Gunn is like, that's a bad dude hurting an animal. And you're like, forget this guy. That's a bad dude. I I need, that's fair. That's a great point. And so they kind of like troped it up. However, Oh, the other thing I want to say here is like, because you need to, the stakes of this movie are the relationships. The stakes of this movie that Brian. We're getting rocket back. We're just focusing on the raccoon. We're we're trying to figure out what's going on with Gamora. We're trying to figure out where Nebula, Nebula is trying to figure out where she fits in, right? Yeah. Um, and that's the stakes of it. So you don't need this like sympathetic bad guy. You just you need some guy to just be like sinister. Be yeah. And yeah. holy buckets, that would check that box because it was an unhinged villain. Like the moments it rem- it really felt like they watched Superman man of steel and like took some Michael Shannon notes of like, all right, I know when to go unhinged. And like, they just distilled yeah. it to this pure essence. Mm-hmm. And then they let him go mm-hmm. when they yeah. needed him to be unhinged. Which and gets, it worked for the movie, which gets me excited for that Lex Luthor yes. Superman to yes. see a Lex Luthor. And here's what I'll say. Uh, I know everybody want Brian Cranston to be Lex Luthor. He's too uh, old, right? I don't. I love Brian Cranston, mm-hmm. but I, I he's not it. But what I will say is, what about Bradley Cooper? Yeah. Shave him bald. Give me Bradley Cooper, completely fucking unhinged, like a team psychopath, and you pair him with a good Superman. Yeah. And you have this charming Lex Luthor. Maybe he's not even bald. Maybe he just keeps his hair in Lex. Because Lex has had his hair in the comics. It's but important that he's bald. It is. Eventually he does Most have to go bald. important thing in it there. Is. It ain't Lex if he's bald. But to, <laughs> to the point about High Evolutionary, I, I do yeah. want to say, like, the, the, the idea that there is no winning with the High Evolutionary. He uh-uh, created right. this counter-Earth. 
And even there was like selling of meth and drugs. And there was all these problems God, with the counter that earth. Was such a fucking good point. It was such a great point. That was weird. Oh my it gosh, was a you're right. Great point. It's a that. great point to make. And I'm glad that they didn't skip over that. Like it was one of those passing montages of like, oh, oh this they... world isn't perfect. Like, no, he said, How yeah. the fuck are you the high evolutionary and you want perfectionism? And they selling the octopus yep. head is selling meth to like three cockroach kids. Yeah. yeah that and was... I loved and I love the point he made. He's like, Well, I guess we'll just have to destroy it and start over. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's a you're like, wait. What? Well, like and then he says, as we've done many times before. Yeah, that's. Yeah. And, and so, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think Brian, you made. I think your point. I think the the way I when you started saying it, it was Marvel pitches is at the world. James mm -hmm. Gunn says, "What if it's their world that's mm -hmm. at stake?" Ooh. And that is such a fine like way in which to sort of look at it. Of like, yeah, that's. And I think you're right. I think you can't. You can't really stretch this storyline out much else with invo without involving the same other folks. I think yeah. the point I wanted to make was you really did a great job, like the way it was written and, and the actor yeah. did such mm -hmm. an outstanding job. Yes. Playing it. Yes. Uh, and so, yeah, there's just um, there's a and, lot there. And he's from uh, I'm going to I, I want to make sure I'm going to try to say this again. Chuck Woody Awuji. Yep. He was from Peacemaker. Yep. And I guess I, I just read the other day that he auditioned for High Evolutionary while on the Peacemaker set. Like okay. that. That was how fast James Gunn was like, you're a talent. You're with me now. Like, like and he does develop this like stable of people that he loves working with mm -hmm. continuously. Cause they were all in this movie. I, I pretty much, I, I mean, I, I can't think of a ton of people that, that, yeah, obviously there's a few, but mm -hmm. most, most of the folks he's worked with were in this movie. Uh, and I just, the other thing like too, they, they blow up a planet and it's like a footnote, which yeah. I think is a testament to the stakes of the movie. And one of the reasons why I think this movie stands out than other Marvel projects, because they, a lot of other MC like Ant-Man and Quantumania fell into this too. And I'm not saying it's a bad movie, but they absolutely use the trope of like, if we don't do this, the world, the universe is going to end. And like me yeah. and like, what does that movie look like? If the stakes are like, no, like I got to have a relationship with Cassie. What does that look like? But that wasn't, that wasn't what they were going for. And right. that's fine. That's Ant-Man. This is guardians. And I, I wonder, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyway, that's why this movie stood out to me because they went with that family direction in a somber way of understanding and incorporating the end game components and not, backtracking and looking the hard questions in the face and moving forward. That is one of the reasons I'm impressed with this movie. And I, and I think I don't want to jump the, I don't want to jump anything here, but it I gotta, might be time. I, I got to bring this up. Marvel need to need personally. Look, I am a, I am a Marvel fan. I read mostly Marvel comics. I watch their stuff. I usually enjoy most of it, but I will say this. Marvel needs to take notes from this to say, <laughs> how do we bring this back in? The best thing about Marvel comics is that I see myself in the superheroes that were written. And that sure. is what Stan Lee was going for. Mm, yeah. You like Peter Parker because every kid in America at some point in time has felt like they are like 
they are the butt of every joke, that they are at yes. the bottom of every barrel. But what if they got yeah. powers of a spider? Like, and I think when you pose questions, Ant-Man and the Wasp is such a different movie if Scott's yeah. motivation is the only thing that matters is right. not the universe, but is my relationship with my daughter and that entire movie and not have it like that is. And while I understand that you need, you can't always have that there. I think, right. I think Marvel needs to do a job writing going forward of bringing this humanistic element back into it. So we can start to see ourselves in the heroes that we're rooting for. And I think we might have a better time connecting consistently. I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting since we're comparing Ant-Man and the Wasp. I think it's very interesting that the endings were very both happy endings, quote unquote. Yep. Ant-Man and the Wasp. This one, I was not expecting everybody to live in Guardians of the Galaxy. 3, no, but absolutely not. Everybody lived. Not. And so, but they, the, the payoff of everybody living in Guardians of the Galaxy was so much better than what yeah. it was in Ant-Man and the Wasp. It was like, yeah. Oh, oh, did they make it through the portal? Did they not? Oh, they're kissing. And then they opened up the portal. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's just very interesting. I don't want to compare those two movies that much. Now, what I do want to like, say that's is fine. the entire time I'm watching this movie, I'm thinking of other movies I want James Gunn to direct. Because once again, I have always been yeah. the person that has talked about James Gunn ability to write these movies with about teams. Yes. Like, with groups. Yep. And yes. he has this incredible ability to highlight every single character on a team of like five in yep. the span of a movie with it being compelling enough that I got something out of the each out of each of them. What yes. I also pinpoint what I didn't realize was James Gunn said when the group said, I love you guys, it wasn't group saying it in English. It was us, the audience being able to understand group and being part of the family that little shit right there of us, him saying, I love you guys. James Gunn basically saying everybody who's watching this movie. Now y'all yeah. understand group. Y'all are in the family. Now that's like yeah. a, it's a small concept, but it's like a goddamn, like you really thought this thing all the way through. Yeah. And it pays off a joke that they've made over three movies, possibly four or five of, of people being like, you understand what Groot is saying? Mm -hmm. And then to have that be the final moment of like, yeah, like you can understand Groot now. Cause like when you have a close connection with him, you can understand him. Like incredible. Yeah, it's Phenomenal. Incredible. I, it, like it works on two levels and it was set up almost over five movies. I mean, yeah, that's, that's cinema. Out. Yeah, uh, but that's, that's cinema. But yeah. here are some movies I thought I wanted James Gunn to direct, including I'm gonna say this right here: the soundtrack was fucking phenomenal. Yep. He didn't oh. miss. Did All not bangers. Miss. Yeah, not one single song fell out of place. I like, was listening either, to it before we started. It, I was. I listened to it all day today. <laughs> like it was either it was either the music fit the scene or the words from the music fit the scene. Like I was like I was trying to figure out why are they playing the reason the reason that they're here, but the reason that they were at the 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 fleshy world was that. Yeah. And I was like, oh fuck, James Gunn just knows how to do this shit. Now yeah, here's the movies: Ninja Turtles. I want James Gunn to direct the Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> So like that. he would absolutely yeah, kill that. Let's do okay? it. I want James Gunn to direct an A-Team movie. I feel like he would absolutely kill that. 
I want James Gunn to direct a Power Rangers movie. He would absolutely kill that. Right after the movie, I tweeted James Gunn and I (laughs) asked him, James Gunn, will Superman also have a soundtrack like Guardians of of the Galaxy 3? And if it does, can Superman listen to hip hop? Uh, yes. I would love if Clark yes. Kent, the farm boy, just listened to fucking hip hop while he oh was on the God. farm. Imagine that needle drop, like the moment he puts on the headphones in a theater full of and Biggie uh, Smalls folks, comes in, not, and, and not expecting it, or a little or a little KRS One will step into Jesus, my world. Yes, man, I would love a sequence <sighs> in Superman where it's. That's that like step into mm-hmm. my world, and mm-hmm. he it's him using his powers on the farm. That would be <laughs> fucking sweet. Could I you imagine? That. I mean, it's, it's when James, I'll be honest, when James Gunn was like, I'm writing the Superman movie, I'm doing this. I was like, okay, man, have fun. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, I mean, I'm serious, I wasn't that <laughs> high on love. it, but after seeing this movie, I get it. I get it. And I, yeah. I'm excited to see what he puts out because he's able to blend these lighthearted moments with very uh, sad, brutal, yeah. emotional moments like Star-Lord being like, yeah, like you're never going to be my Gamora and I need to accept that. I have to be okay with on. that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. oh, Brian, that was amazing. Thank you. I loved that they did not go with this ending of, yes, I fell in love with you anyway. I, I love that, that she went and found her own family. Yep. Well, and it, I, I feel like, so, and you could have easily backslid, right? Because the end game stuff was not the Infinity War and End Game stuff were not James Gunn decisions. He because no. he talked yeah. about how he was not the biggest fan of Peter Quill. Yeah. Basically tanking the first Thanos assault. He was, and so, and to lose also lose Gamora the. The prime, I don't know how we're going to say it, the original Gamora, not the past Gamora, and have prime to work Gamora. with this character over again. But he didn't. He looked it straight in the eye and he's like, well, you're you're not the original Gamora. How do we put you in this movie? And to make it almost like an ex-girlfriend, ex-boyfriend mm-hmm. relationship, that was, that was perfect. Because Peter Quill, that was his arc. It was understanding you can't go back. And then... I guess we can talk about this. Like then having him be like, yeah, I shouldn't be a guardian. Like I just, I gotta go home and sort my stuff out. One of the most mature things a Marvel character has done ever, by the way, like, and then he goes back and he does it. The most emotionally responsible thing. Like I shouldn't be doing this. Right. And I, that moment of clarity for him of like, you're not mine. Cause I can't, you are who you right. are. I just want you to, I appreciate you for you and I can't do that. And then to have the introspection to be like, no, this is a part of something bigger. I need right. to go back. I think is. And yeah, I, Brian, you said I, it well. I, and I like also was, I, I was shocked to see that the end title card was the legendary star Lord will return. I, that was totally a surprise to me. I made a prediction on my way out. Did you? I have two predictions for the legendary okay. Star Lord will return. Okay. My first prediction is that I think that you will more than likely get either like a Disney Plus series that you could do quite easily if you wanted to. Okay. Of Star Lord doing basic shit, like Star Lord at the grocery store. <laughs> 
Star Lord ordering like the coffee. I am Groot shorts. I am Groot shorts, but it's Star Lord experiencing Earth shit for the first time, like those okay. type of things. I hope not because sure, what's not? And okay. two, I like Chris Pratt as Star Lord, and I don't want to earn do, like yeah. use up all his goodwill by doing something small. Yeah. I could also see, and I kind of made this analogy of like when Bruce Banner fell to earth, he let everybody know who Thanos was and mm-hmm. why they should be scared. Sure. Chris Pratt now being on earth is the connection for the next big galactic threat that could sure. come through. Like when they do a special presentation for Nova, is it yeah. star Lord that says, wait a minute. Did he say he's from he's Nova? That looks like Nova Corps. Does he yeah. try to connect? You know, him being there means that he can provide that context for other heroes that are on Earth who maybe need some additional. So if it's Galactus shows up, if it's if it's any of these other pieces, it's Kate, you're capable of seeing how that fits into the bigger picture. Right. And to sort of that, like, no, I've been there. I've seen that. Like, you need to be worried about it type of deal. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think. I th- th- I could totally see that. I'm super curious if they're going to say he's going to return for one of the team up movies. Cause yeah. I'm very, I'm very curious to see how they do these Avengers movies. So I'm wondering if that's what it's referring Could to, be. but his that son was a genuine surprise. His son is somebody like his Peter Quill's grandfather, his okay. gr- Peter's grandfather's son Got is it. somebody important. Because they didn't show who he was. Oh, yeah. Because his granddad was like, he was like, so you, you know, I'm down for mowing the lawn, but is your 45 year old son just going to stand there and watch me do it? So like, he was like, don't get me started. Like, don't start with me. Like, seriously. Sure. So there's something, there's something there that is, I don't know who he is, what character he could be. It could be a superhero, could not be a superhero, could just be somebody. You know what I mean? Like, okay. But that is somebody like the legendary star lord will return i feel like down the road because chris pratt and everybody else want to take a break from guardians for i mean they basically did i mean a guardians and a half with the holiday special too like batista batista's going on to do he's going on to do bigger things and shout out to batista they gave him some range in this zoe zaldana she also says she's pretty much done with i mean this after this i don't blame her She's earned it. I let let that woman just not be painted. Like you, just let her live. Not be painted yeah. or covered in a motion cap suit. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. One like, of let, it just true. let her take be. it back to Colombiana, please. She probably wants that. <laughs> yeah. Somebody also said her as Lois Lane, and I thought that that was interesting because he, Chris James Gunn, said somebody from the Guardians of the Galaxy three cast will be in Superman Legacy. That's all he said. Now that could be his brother. That could yeah. be anybody. It could be anybody he bought in from the other movies, and I, I you know, I wouldn't be mad as yeah. Lois. We could. We I should would have be a, about that. We should have a whole podcast talking about Superman Legacy and what's going to happen with that. Because I think I come out on the other episode of it, where I want Chris, I want James Gunn to do the same thing he did for the original like Guardians cast, but for a different group of folks for Superman Legacy. Hmm. Yeah, for uh, sure. He. he Chris Pratt was a household name because of his rat acting as Andy Dwyer, but it's his role in in Guardians that took him from here to there. I want, I want James Gunn. I want James Gunn 
to do that, but for an entire group of DC. Yes, yeah. I like it. I like. So it. I'm okay if he reuses people, mm-hmm. and obviously he has his group that he really likes working working with. But there's a there's a strong part of me that's like, okay, pick like three of them. The rest <laughs> yeah. promise to start over. I would love a new face for Superman, like yep. give or a newer and newish face for Fresh. Superman for sure. I am a hundred percent on yeah. board with that. Yeah. Uh, man, yeah, I I also feel like. I, the other, the only other thing I want to say about Guardians here before before we start moving on, because I also feel like there's some MCU stuff implications as well. But um, yeah. like, basically, I enjoy that we're getting this new team of the Guardians, and I feel mm-hmm. like Rocket leading it is perfect, makes perfect sense. I don't know if they're gonna do a whole movie about it, but I would watch it. Uh, yeah. and oh, I also just want to give a shout out to the hallway scene. Uh, that was an amazing action sequence. Holy shit! People and need gruesome. to take notes. Uh, this movie like, was violent. Like it that was, was a violent affair. I and loved then the it. and then the fact on the other side of it that that culminates with Gamora peeling the face <laughs> off <laughs> the high evolutionary, <gasps> and you see his mangled mm-hmm. face. There was a part like that was twisted. <laughs> it was and a, it was a face off more no! of it i'm gonna take his face off like that is exactly that, what we need more of that here that gamora in- was more like the comic books like oh, Gamora. Oh, yeah, that's how she for those that don't like it once again marcus's reminder everything ain't for everybody yeah stop at, stop complaining that this movie was too violent for the children this is pg-13 yeah, like this, just because it's Disney, y'all didn't got too comfortable thinking that every single superhero movie is going to be watchable for you. Yep. No, I think that they are ramping up to show us Moon Knight, uh, Moon Knight to an extent because it could have been yeah. better, but Moon Knight, Ant Man, and the Ant Man, uh, Quantumania, and now this have been progressively more violent. And I it, think that it, this yes. motherfucker is leading to Daredevil in some form or fashion. <laughs> well, I mean. Punisher's coming back for that, so you kind of have to go there a little bit. I mean, I just, I was, it was inspired. Like, the, the, just how gnarly it was, and as someone that's a horror fan, like, this was amazing. Like, more of this, it doesn't need to be every movie, Mm -hmm. but the visceral nature of it helped tell the story, and yes, when I saw that flap, I was like, Ooh, it's a Disney movie. They'll pro- that'll probably be it. And then here, here's Gamora, like, what's up? And the tendril of and like slime. also, also, this is why Maggie and I go see these movies before we show them to uh-huh. our children uh-huh. because we knew something uh-huh. like this might happen. Because I'll be real, if I took my six year old son to see this and they pulled off the high evolutionary's face, he would have. He would have not been well. I think yeah. is the most not. kind way I can put it. Like that, like he's yeah. not 13. He can't handle that. Harrison would have had a really hard time with the animal stuff. Like if, yeah. as I it's, think about yeah, yeah, my kid. He would have had a really had hard time with that. Because again, uh, this is a kudos to Bob Iger leading the team yeah. and saying less is more. The CGI on those animals what made me believe that they were real. Yeah, at that was, some that point. was solid. Oh, yes. The CGI in this was solid. Yeah, it was yes. good. I All saw around. Some, I saw some test screen, like some test stuff mm-hmm. that was on socials of them, like testing out the movements. And I was like, wow. holy shit. Like that, like that's incredible of like that you were I mean, able to do that. So again, tip of the hat 
Like you all pulled that off. That was impressive. That's what happens when you take your fucking time. I mean, I hate to keep comparing, but Thor: Love and Thunder. There was so mm-hmm. much CGI problems in that, and tone issues in that. And it's like somebody went in and said, "Okay, let me watch this and take what I like from this, <laughs> and then t- let me put aside the rest of the bullshit." Yeah. I mean, it gives. It honestly makes me exhale with with joy that the marvels got pushed back from july because yep. you know that movie is going to have an entire cavalcade of cgi effects mm-hmm. there's three to. of them there's three of them like you got and la- they lady with, and they switch spots they, you got a lazy a lady with lasers shooting out of her fist you got a lady whose whose arm is elongated then you got a lady who's invisible like she can have banner go through her mm-hmm. that's not easy stuff here that's not like a blaster bolt that's like multiple frames so i'm glad they're slowing it down because a rushed movie can be bad forever but a delayed movie that could be good forever if the delay is worth it like if the delay delay on the other end of it if things are pan out it 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 makes sense God damn, this got deep yeah. on the back. This got real, this got anyway, real deep. Guardians this of the Galaxy 3. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Plus a kind of sort of bonus yeah. episode about yeah. Thanos and villains. Yeah. Where do you, like, where, real quick, where do y'all rank the about three movies? How do you rank them? Oh. Just Guardians of the Galaxy, not the whole MCU. We didn't get a chance to get to that. I think one is a victim of circumstance for me. One's three. If for me, I think this mm. goes Guardians 2, Guardians 3, Guardians 1. Oh. Wait. Guardians, say it again. What's that? Guardians? Uh, volume 2. Okay. Well, really? Yes. You like Volume 2 better than? Yes. Oh. The okay. dad stuff. The dad, the, the fucking uh. stuff. The, the stuff with his mom. Again, I, I like, I like people who give in to their emotional, like, anger with stuff. And that moment of Peter, like when when Ego says oh, it, it, it when yeah. Ego says to Peter, it was I felt so terrible putting that tumor in her head, and he loses his fucking mm. mind. And you hear like uh, you hear that song playing, like all of that was just such a fantastic moment for me. That while the the rocket stuff was really great to me. I found that that ego Peter relationship was pretty crazy. I may need to rewatch it because for me it's got it's uh Guardians of the Galaxy one because that set a tone. Oh um, sure. All right. One, three, two. Yep. Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> Ryan we might we might uh all be might, different. That's yeah, fine. we might all be different here. Uh yeah, I'm going I, I mean honestly it might be recency bias, but Guardians three, uh, that, that is it's top tier. It, it hits all the buttons, and then the, the the first Guardians is. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's I don't know. It it it. I just rewatched it, and it's it it's. Oh, gosh, I, I, words are failing me, but it it does. It's a it's a standard bearer of what you can do in a comic book movie. Mm, yeah. Um, and then it's two for me. Two just gets a little too much for me at sometimes. Yeah. But I like everything. I actually like, I really like the Gamora and Nebula stuff in there. Like the line yeah. about, like, you know, Siblings. Nebula being yeah. like, I just wanted to be your sister and you just wanted to have someone to fight. And that, like, it was just like, oh my gosh, I don't have siblings, but like, I'm hurt. I'm hurt listening to this. Yeah. And, uh, so they're all good, but man, three, it's three, one, two for me. And you know what? 
you could ask me next week and it changes. And it could change. I mean, they're all solid. That's what like, makes I, these I great. No That's what makes them great them. is that you could interchange them. Depending yeah. on the week. I could see three aging very well. So yep. my, yes. all of these have aged really well. Yeah, for sure. So, all right, let's close this bad boy out. Let's do uh, it. Anything you all want to plug real quick? Hey, everybody, go on down to thelovenerds.com for all of your lifestyle needs. That's thelovenerds.com. Awesome. Thank you, Brian. Marcus, anything to plug? Make sure you follow the mantra and never offended. Always humble. Follow us on socials. Noah uh, 08 underscore or the mantra underscore underscore. Also follow me on socials at Marcus J. Destin. Go stream some music. Marcus Destin. Go stream some soul tie. A lot of shit on the way. And happy birthday to my brother, Stefan. His birthday's tomorrow. Happy birthday, oh, Happy Stefan. birthday. Uh, I want to plug this podcast. If you like what you heard, uh, recommend us to a friend or go to patreon.com slash films in black and white to sign up there to be a part of our Patty family. Uh, gentlemen, three-step process to success. Brian, lay us down with that first step. Hey, folks. Read a book. Be interesting. <laughs> Stand out. Just read a book. Be interesting. Be Any interesting. book. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Marcus. Make sure you drink some water, you know what I mean? Go treat yourself to something nice. The sun is out. Your skin has been dry as hell. It has not seen the sun all winter. So go ahead and make sure you drink some water. Absolutely. And also, make sure you take a shower. Look, it's we're entering we're entering <laughs> two shower territory, y'all. That is. We uh, are 80 true. degrees and above. True. No one's going to look twice at you if you take a shower in the morning to freshen up before your day and then you have a long sweaty day where you sweat where you where you wash off at the end of the night. Don't go to bed with a swampy, gross ass. Get up in there with some soap and a washcloth and a loofah. Wash it, and uh, you'll enjoy your life and your sleep a little bit better. So be sure those, to wash your ass. For those that it applies to, wash your balls, too. Those get musty. All the hair on there that's holding all that odor. Make sure you get that. Otherwise, you're going to look like that that planet in the movie. It'll or that guy that they unleashed from that cage. That's very true. That little scary thing. I don't yep, know what that was. Uh-huh. Uh, thank you all for a wonderful episode of Films of Black and White. We'll be back next week with another fantastic episode. God damn it, the fucking Chiron at the bottom. Um, we'll be back with another fantastic episode next week. But in the meantime, in the between time, stay safe, stay healthy. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. We'll catch y'all next week. That's a fact, Jack. Laying pipe. Laying pipe. Mario been laying pipe over a big.